This is a HeadGum Podcast. Welcome to We'll See You in Hell, hopefully your favorite podcast about horror movies, sci-fi films, and fantasy pictures. You know what we do here. We talk about them. We commentate on them. We uh, review them. Uh, This week, we're going to be getting into some 1922 by Mr. Stephen S. King. And I don't know if that's his middle initial, but God damn it, it should be. Got it. Anyway, it's a review week, 1922, and I'd like my friend Pat to get us started here. You mean you'd like me to get on with the show and also on with a job? Wow. Wow. That sounded like Rat, the the band. Yeah. It was kind of like an old witch. I, th- I thought it was hair metal. It sounded very stand up and shout to me. Sure. Shout at the devil? Uh, I think stand up and shout was a more accurate thing, but sure. <laughs> well, I don't know, stand up and shout. Stand up and shout is, you know, it's by like Quiet Riot or somebody like oh, that. Okay. Maybe it's by Dio. All right. Anyway, who cares, right? How I, you doing? I don't know the job. Well, I, only know, I only know the hits. It's good to see you. How you doing? It's good to see you, Joe. I'm excited to talk about uh, such a fun film as 1922. <laughs> Not a pick me up. Uh, no, no. <laughs> I was in. I would say now I'm at, I'm at like a one point two in terms of mood. Last night I was in like a point four, and I sit down, <laughs> and I'm gonna like catch up on my curb and my shows, and I'm like, no, I gotta watch a man murder his wife, <laughs> and then be tormented by visions of rats. <laughs> But we'll it's get to that later. Dark, dark, dark stuff. You're 1.2 on a scale of what? I mean, if it's a scale of 1 to 2, that's great. 10. Oh. I, I've been I've been bottoming out uh, mood-wise. I, I, you know, it, it is what it is. It's just an awful time. There's no there's nowhere to look for a reprieve, for a breather. Just a suffocating... It's a suffocating swirling time. Swirling typhoon of shit. Everybody is yelling. Nobody's listening. No. It's getting very confusing. Yeah. Uh, I, I I don't know what to do. No. You know, I just, I don't know what to do. I mean, no, there is, there is no nuanced discussion with anything anymore. No. It's just throw the bodies on the pile and burn them. And if you're not going to burn them with us, then we'll burn you too. Yeah. So, you know. I'm sure we have some listeners in uh, Alabama. Are you voting for the pedophile? <laughs> Are you voting for the pedophile? Is that the side of history you want to be on? Uh, is he now? Is he definitely a pedophile or just accused? I mean, there's a lot. I'm not playing devil's advocate. There's a I'm lot just, of proof. There's a lot of proof, and I think more all the time. They got a pail and more, shovel with really some more all the time semen in it. Yeah, I did nothing on that. I thought that was I funny. I missed what you were saying. You said there's a lot of proof. I said they found a pail and shovel with some semen in yeah, it. Yes, exactly. I thought that was funny. Oh, I forgot. Folks, we're coming to you live from the hog house. Uh, 
People did like it. They did. A you couple. don't have to make pig noises. Just go. <laughs> Do the Tim Allen. I feel. I feel like it slides us into like a man show territory. But that's the joke of it. We're making fun of that. I can't even do that ironically anymore. All right, we need a we need a good. Uh, we have one. We have several. No, we need a we need a good name for the studio. What do we call this place? The lion coming to you live from the lion's den. Lion's den, I like. I think. <laughs> there you go. Then I make a jaguar noise. Yeah, there you go. And you go. No, I said lion. And I'll say I did say lion, and then you'll say Joe. Nothing's ever good enough that I do, and then I'll slap you in the face like I always do when you mouth off to me like that. All right. <laughs> well, when you say all right like that, it sounds like I really slap you in the face. <laughs> I, I, I like it. He it, it he does me get erect when I, I do it. It huh? reminds me of the piece of shit that I am. And that Pat, you're in charge. Pat does like it, and he'll say things like, tell me I'm a bad boy. Yeah. Uh, you know. Uh, Make I, me dirty. Yeah, I try to be good daddy, he says. <laughs> yeah. Things like that. It's real sick shit. Pacifier <laughs> in my ass. Oh. 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 Um. Uh, yeah, well, we, we, you know, look, we can we can traipse on over to Pat's movie corner right away. Look, it's a rough time. It's a real noisy world right now. I can tell that neither of us want to really talk about any of it. I did the great Craig Ferguson's radio show again the other day, and he he, he was like, "We're just we're just having let's just have fun, man." Like it's I think everybody's a little newsed out, yeah. except for the newsies who are uh, they're shooting a sequel. I heard with the original cast with Bale. I'm joking, oh. but I do believe Max Casella is back. And I, I actually read that they're calling it two Z's, the number two and then Z's. You're full of them tonight. <laughs> that was, remember earlier when you said, oh, wait, maybe they didn't play the commercial yet. There's a real good punny throws out in oh, the toothbrush yeah. commercial today. Look, it's what I do, folks. Folks. Um, I can take you down uh, to Pat's movie corner. I... Because I got a, a long thing I want to talk about in this. All right, great. I watched a few more episodes of Mindhunter, which I am thoroughly enjoying, taking my time with it. I watched the film at hand, 1922. Uh-huh. That might actually be it now i was watching milf hunter is that in any relation <laughs> to mind hunter uh is milf hunter in the van i've seen several no, that's bang that's bros. bang bros yeah. <laughs> uh i gotta say they make it very convincing they well, where really, are they finding the milfs they just they're hired they're porn ladies they're like ladies that do porn and but they, they but really, where are they pretending they find them they pretend that they just are driving on the street like yo there oh. goes a hot lady yeah and they pretend like they're just like it's all happening in real time. That, that would work, I'm sure. But uh, but it, it's very very convincing. Yeah. Uh, Milf Hunter is a. I don't even know if he's still around, but Milf Hunter was a guy that used to only have sex with milfs. Was he kind of a? He had an almost Danny Bonaducci look to him. He was yeah, sort of I'm, short. Now I got it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. 
Got it. I mean, I don't really know much about the guy. I don't know what he's up to these days. And I've never seen pornography, so I don't know what you're talking about. Well, but pornography is interesting because it's it, it's the people they'll have sex on camera, oh. but they'll show it. They'll show the insertion. Okay, that sounds like something I might be interested in. Now that you... yeah, you'll see the penis going into the. Yeah. Uh, I, I call it the potato because I don't like to be <laughs> dirty. <laughs> potato uh, is so much dirtier than <laughs> what it actually is called. You see the pepper going into the potato. Oh boy! And uh, and then sometimes the the cheese comes out. Ugh! 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 Gross! Ugh. What is this, um, the Milton Berle Radio Hour? <laughs> the only the only other thing that I would have watched would have been. Uh, Actually, David Crumholtz told me about this show that he made two years ago for IFC called Gigi Does It, where he portrays a like 70-year-old Jewish lady <laughs> in heavy prosthetics, kind of a Jiminy Glick type thing. I've seen stills from it. Folks, I watched four episodes uh, the other night. I was laughing my ass off. It's worth a season pass, 20 bucks. Really? Very, very funny. Um, he's a funny man. It, it got horrific ratings and was immediately canceled. Oh, I want to see it. But it's a very funny show. Gigi does it. Yeah. And is it like he goes in public with this or is it a scripted thing? It's a mix. It's it's largely scripted with some. I mean, it's mostly it's all improv. But then there's also some Borat type. Like he goes to to do like sketch a naked man class, and that's all clearly. What is the voice people. that that Gigi does? It's very like, oh, well, you know, I'll tell you something. It's, you know, it's an old, yeah. an old Jewish lady. Yeah. You know, the stereotype. It's, yeah, it's that's honestly, what you're gonna it's, say. it's pretty stereotypical. You're racist. It's the pretty, yeah, it's stereotypical. <laughs> but I think that David Crumholtz is Jewish, so it's okay. I think he might be. Yeah. There's a chance. Uh, folks, I've talked about it every week on Pat's Movie Corner. I'm not going to stop here. Even deeper into Perfect Strangers than I've been. Wow. So you're they're all living together, I assume. No, no. Because I, hmm. I had to re go back to season five. But uh, I'm just taking it all in. And I realize some of you out there might be too young to even know what Perfect Strangers is. So if you missed it, Perfect Strangers was a sitcom from the late 80s, early 90s about a man named Balky Bartakamus from an island called Mipos. Yeah. Uh, Balky is a man with, they never address it, but he's apparently got some sort of regressive mental disorder. Uh, he's a little handicapped. He's got the brain of about an eight-year-old. Uh, yeah. And uh, he, he he's also, uh, there's just something wrong with him. Uh, and then he comes and moves in with his cousin Larry, who is, the biggest piece of shit that ever lived. <laughs> it's extreme, but and yeah. then and then I mean, just a divisive prick. Uh, yeah. So, so then the whole show is just Larry taking just episode after episode of him manipulating this simple cousin of his. Yeah, uh, and like literally doing things where he'll be like, like today I was watching one and he needs to get a he wants to get a picture. They got he's got to go interview. This morning TV show guy. Yeah. This guy that does a kid's morning show where he, he, he plays a dog okay. as the character. The man's beloved by children everywhere or whatever. 
What so, is Larry like a beat reporter? I don't even remember. Yeah, he start. Well, they start out working in the antique store, and then they get the right. job in like the mailroom, and Larry starts to move up. How many antiques uh, break when they work in that antique store? Uh, well, hundreds. Pat, in episode one, yeah, Balky, when left to run the antique store, uh, sells a man uh, what he thinks is a set of speakers for forty dollars. Okay. And uh, the boss is the boss who's a real skin flint. Yeah, uh, he's real excited because they really ripped the guy off. Then uh, he realizes that Balky didn't sell him the speakers. He sold him a speaker, the speakers plus the receiver plus the C, the record player, like all that was attached. Again, Balky's got some mental condition where he right. doesn't understand anything. So we don't start the pilot with him coming over from Meepos. Yeah, we? yeah, but then later. Oh. He By the end like, of the pilot, they're working in an antique shop. Balky gets hired at the very end, uh, but Larry leaves him there to watch the store because Larry's going to go do something selfish. Right. Uh, anyway, they play the uh, stereo that Balky had hooked up, and uh, it it's so loud it shatters everything in the store. Sure, so sure. then he hires Balky, and he's like, now you're going to work for free to pay me back for all this stuff you busted. It's one of those things. Right. That only happens in movies. Yeah, well, we're sitcoms, you but uh, wash dishes. So anyway, they go, they go, they got to go get the interview with the dog man today for the kids. Larry's pissed. It's not a big story. He wants the big story. This is a trivial story. Tells the guy, "I'll see you in the dressing room. I want to take a picture and uh, do the interview." The guy goes, "You can't take my picture once I'm out of my costume. That's, that's my rule. No pictures out of the costume." You got to promise me. Larry's like, no problem. Guy walks away immediately. He goes, got to get that picture. Then proceeds to go to Balky and says, you know, Balky, it's a shame. And this this happens almost every other episode where he does mm-hmm. something this underhanded mm-hmm. to Balky. He'll be like, you know, Balky, it's a shame. He just won't take a picture with a report with a reporter. If only we had somebody here who loved him that could take his picture. Right. And then Balky, with his eight-year-old brain, was like, Oh, cousin, I want to take the picture! You know? Yeah. Which, by the way, this is an old trick done by TV. TV actors, these network people and everything, they act like they're so progressive Sick. and, Sick. and open-minded and everything like that. They're not. This is all they do is... They won't say anything racist about an existing race. Yeah. But what they'll do is they'll go, we're going to invent a fake place. Yeah. And then we'll just shit all over that. Like, you know, and right. just pretend it's like instead of saying the guy's like Russian or or, or whatever. You sure. Know? Sure. So. Uh, so anyway, that's that's what they do. And he tricks tricks Balky into taking the guy's picture. The guy's life gets ruined. You find out he has a prison record for writing bad checks. OK. Gets fired. It's, this is every episode. Larry ruins everything in every episode out of just sheer, just lustful greed. Well, you know, the networks now are obsessed about every single character being likable. And then even now that, you know, like I'm going to this testing, they want the unlikable characters to be likable. And if you think back to even this, this is like a TGIF show we're talking about. Yeah. Larry Appleton was a monster. Was yeah. A, I always preferred Larry to Balky. I love Larry. He's a great character, but he he is a spineless, <laughs> lying, <laughs> cheating asshole. Yeah, and that's a TGIF show. Like people will roll with it because people are at their core shit, spineless shit. Yeah, 
Spineless piles of shit. And that really is the point of Perfect Strangers. Everybody's a spineless pile of shit. Yeah. Unless you're from a country that is so dumb, you don't know any better. And, That's and even the then, premise. you're just going to be manipulated. And they'll take by, advantage by a, of you. By one of the uh, spineless pieces of shit. Yeah, and, and by the way, the ongoing thing is Larry continually believes in... La- or, or Balky continually believes in Larry because he's so naive, he thinks Larry's going to change. Larry never changes. No. At the end of every episode, he goes, I don't know why I do this. I'm so sorry. I lose control. And then the next episode, he does it again. Yeah. He does it again. Yeah. Just, but, but it's a funny show. I really enjoy it. All right. Uh, anyway, I watched that, and I watched... Uh, How deep are you? How, you've watched 100 episodes, probably. I'm I'm deep into season five. That's I was, 100 episodes. No, is it? 22 a year. 24 a year, probably some of them. Well, that gives you all an idea where my life is at, <laughs> folks. Um, I also watched XX, a uh, very good uh, horror anthology. Um, is that the all-ladies one? Yes. It's an all. It's not an all-female cast, but the, the the main character in each story is a female, and I, I think that each segment was written and directed by a different female. St. Vincent do one of those? Musical artist St. Vincent? She was supposed to, but she bailed out or something. Okay. All right. I like her. Uh, yeah, I like her too. But you know what, St. Vincent? Fuck off. Whoa. Look, I like her too. But in a business where women are struggling, women who have committed their lives to this are struggling to get a slot directing one 15-minute story in a fucking anthology, how about, how about you go do something else, St. Vincent? It's like when John Mayer <laughs> would come down to the comedy clubs and do sets. Uh-huh. It's like, I'm sorry, I'm starving to death. Can I have the set? <laughs> Did I... Can I, I didn't tell you my John Mayer story. What? He's always been very nice to me, but I, you know, I'm just John Mayer. So I, I'm going to tell a story about a tweet, folks. Always the the most riveting of stories. Three years ago or something, I tweet this. I think I was high when I did it. I don't, I don't remember coming up with it, but it was the tweet is people often ask me, Patrick, I don't like you, which to me is like. <laughs> funny and like then you think about it for a minute and you're like that's pretty clever and i know that it's kind of clever and good <laughs> but i don't think it's like the best of the best I but it's funny it, it lit it lit a real fire under america it's at about ten thousand faves uh it's it's one of my most successful tweets okay so at some point when they said you could do your pin tweet i'm like all right that's the one people always like write to me and they're like hey can i use this tweet in this article or whatever i'll throw up this tweet I pin that as my best tweet. So, I actually, I do know. It, Patton Oswalt retweeted. It got a lot of heat that way. Yeah. So, John Mayer, about a month ago, tops, follows me. Um, and when he does so, he likes the tweet. People often ask me, Patrick, I don't like you. So, I'm like, all right, I'm no fan of the man's music, but, I, you know, whatever. I'm, I like him enough. I'm like, that's cool. I follow him back. And he's pretty funny on Twitter. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Finally, one day I wake up and I've got a direct message from John Mayer. Very weird. I'm assuming he's wanting me to come over and fuck him. Right. But it says, hey, think we had a case of parallel thinking this week. So I'm thinking he's going to accuse me of stealing a tweet of his. I'm like, okay. I'm reading this. He goes, uh. But uh, it seems uh, I accidentally had the same thought as yours. It's this such and such a tweet. What's the protocol here? 
I go look at it, and John Mayer has tweeted. <laughs> People often ask me, mm-hmm. John, you're not funny. Oh, yeah. It was basically that. It was the, it was the exact same tweet, <laughs> and he did the thing where he changed one word, and he liked this tweet of mine not a month ago, and then was like, I think we accidentally had the same thought. My tweet was three years ago. He followed me the same day he liked it and then and then tweeted the same thing. So look, folks, don't please don't tweet at John Mayer. Seems pretty clear. I don't I don't even know if he stole it, but at least it was in the back of his mind and he accidentally tweeted it. So I'm like uh actually I wrote him back and I said, Well, I'd start by lawyering the fuck up, John Mayer. Right. And I gotta say this. I'm surprised that's the tweet he stole from you. Yeah. And not when you tweeted Katy Perry been there, done that, <laughs> not impressed. Yeah, no, I did tweet I can't believe he point. didn't steal that one. I agree. I agree. <laughs> um, Who's he married to now? Nobody. He just fucks a lot. He's not a player. He just he likes to crush yeah. a lot. Well, I had a John Mayer tweet that I was worried he had seen. or so I thought was worried. That's it was, uh, it was when I lived in my apartment and I had no air conditioning. And it was, my apartment is so hot today, John Mayer just lazily fingered it while yawning. But anyway, folks, um, golden. Anyway, he caught and that's really a compliment to him that he gets a lot of hot ladies. But the 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 message comes and I'm like, lawyer up. And then I'm like, no, man, don't worry about it. But even a year ago, I would have been when I gave a shit, I'd be like, well, I would hope you'd retweet me or turn your 12 million followers onto my account or something. But the fact he that he knows doesn't... what the goddamn fucking protocol is. The protocol, John, is delete your tweet and retweet Pats. Or don't retweet Pats, but delete your tweet. I don't even need him to delete it. I, I would have been thrilled with, a, hey, I think there was some parallel thinking with this guy. He had the tweet three years before me. At least then you get the attention. But I, I'm, I'm just Did he like, do any of this? It made me realize how little I care about the shit anymore. But I was just kind of like, I, to me, it was sad that John Mayer felt he had to do this. You know? And well, I and I believe look, him I that it was an accident. I don't think Fine. for a second that he stole it. But here's no. what I think: I think the man is on such a pedestal. Yeah, he's got the, that Robin Williams thing where he just like takes shit from people, and you know, and then like you know, and this maybe maybe this is the only case of it. But my point is, and then like he's like, sorry, did it again, and it's like, yeah, dude, how about you just kind of maybe take responsibility <laughs> for it? Yeah, I mean, in my mind, it was like. If John Mayer said, I just stole this tweet from this guy, he was he's going to lose zero of his 24 million followers. So what's it going to hurt you to, to not say, even say that? Just to, delete the goddamn tweet. To just toss me a damn bone. That's all I'm just saying. Just delete the tweet. Delete the tweet. You're going a different way. Cause I don't need, you know how many faves he had on this tweet? Like 50,000? Yeah. Well, In a day? You know. They say the cream rises to the top. And by that, folks, I mean the rotten milk. (laughs) (laughs) Cream and Bastards Rise. It's Uh, a great song by an underrated band called Harvey Danger. They're more than just flagpole sitta. You know, I like that first Harvey Danger album, mainly because Peep Show used the big single from it as their theme song. They had three great albums. I, I, I don't like the ones where they start getting into all the piano. It gets a little Ben Foldsy on that third record. The third one's a little poppier, sure. I, I don't mind the poppy. I don't like that it's so piano-driven. I All like right. when it's like that really raw like guitar. 
They had that like song Authenticity, top. which was on the uh, trailer for Disturbing Behavior. Remember that movie? Katie Holmes. That was a horror entry. Katie Holmes. Maybe Josh Hartnett. Disturbing Behavior. What was it about? I think it was a Williamson. What was it about? I don't fucking remember. But it had the song Authenticity, which is a great song. Well, Pat, back to Double front. X or XX, whatever it's called, however you say it. Check it yeah. out. It's a great anthology. It's worth seeing. I, I like the first story and the third story best, um, but uh, it's a it's a good one. It's a goodie. Okay. Uh, so nice work to everybody on that one. Um, I uh, also saw Sour. Um, oh, from my. Uh, cult cinema cult collection the australian dvd company i watched uh oh wait did i talk about this last week yeah you talked about oh never mind all right well that's it um let's get into some joe scary stuff do you got anything ah fuck no it's okay we've had to get these pretty close together because we're we're doing some traveling coming up yeah uh i got one quick thing uh as some of you may know, I am an old uh, retro video game collector, and I have quite a bit of fun. If you have yourself a Super Nintendo system, the SNES, as it's called, if you have yourself one of those, I'd like to highly recommend you a game called RoboCop versus the Terminator. It is a mesh versus a mesh-up of these franchises, and the plot line is, how cool is this? John Connor in the future says Skynet was con- was basically created or at least pr- you know further perpetuated into the Armageddon state that it caused by a man robot cyborg and that goes by the name of a RoboCop so he's sending some terminators back to destroy RoboCop to fix okay. the world and you start out as RoboCop. That's as far as I've gotten. I'm sure, or I'm assuming, somewhere along the line, RoboCop is going to be like, I'm not guilty, creep. And right. he didn't do it, and then he helps the Terminators. Or maybe he doesn't. Maybe that doesn't happen. But it's fucking fun, man. It's really fun. And every time you shoot somebody, side-scroll 2D platformer, uh, action platformer, every time you shoot somebody, they burst into flames and disappear. So that's that never gets old. No. Uh, music's great. Graphics are great. Uh, uh, sound effects are great. It's just, it's just, it's just a real dream for anybody that enjoys a nice sci-fi, uh, darkly edged uh, video game. So go and check that out, folks. Great. Let's do this movie. Now I've been playing. Oh, Predator versus Kevin McAllister. Uh huh. From Home Alone. Yeah, I know who Kevin McAllister is. And uh, you'd think the Predator would have the advantage, but I'll tell you what the Predator's not expecting. Traps. Well. more Each each more fiendishly clever than the last. He's not expecting traps, because I'll tell you, the end of the first Predator film is very Home Alone-esque. It is. It's a lot of booby traps going off. A lot of things involving big, heavy things swinging down and hitting yeah, him in the face. That's what Apocalypto is, too. Home Alone, at, by the end. Apocalypto is booby traps? There's a lot of booby traps. And Quantum of Solace has a lot of booby traps well, as well. Well, that makes sense. It's Bond. Bond's not a big traps thing. 
That makes sense to me. You know, I always wanted to set up a booby trap. I never got to do that. Anytime I do something like put a bucket of confetti over the door to like fall on my dad, like he'd push he'd push the door open angry from work. The the bucket would fall and hit him on the head, and he would be so furious. <laughs> and then beyond the initial screaming, <laughs> it, he would be talking about it for like hours to come. Would um, he beat you at all? I never got hit. All right. I, you know what? There were times I would have preferred a hit. But folks, <laughs> we weren't a big prank house is what I'm getting at. Uh, yeah, I pulled one prank on my mom once and got in a lot of trouble. I put saran wrap over the toilet seat. That People don't like that. And uh, I was at my friend Billy Morgan. It was, it was his house. We were, he was my best pal growing up. And uh, we were having the time of our lives and phone rang and his dad said joe it's your mom and i got on the phone and wow she yeah. was screaming at me in a way that i could only imagine was caused by her having to take <laughs> a massive shit uh-huh. and then seeing plastic uh or maybe shitting on the plastic i don't <laughs> well probably don't the plastic uh but she was really mad i was immediately grounded and brought home even though it was april fool's day what does that prank do for you? This is what I don't get about pranks. You weren't even going to be home to hear the scream. Makes a mess. Makes yeah, a mess. it makes a mess of your mother's ass. That's what you want? That's what you need? Well, I didn't see it that way. I saw it as you pee, and then the pee rolls off the sides. But the there's also like, shit. Well, maybe she wasn't shitting. I don't know. I I, I was eight. I didn't, I didn't think it through all the way. I'm sorry. I don't know. I guess it just never seemed that fun to me to torture my mom. Uh, well, you know who else didn't think it was fun? The judge. I did three hard years because <laughs> of that prank. The uh, no, no. I mean, I don't know. Like, it's a funny prank to me. You put saran wrap down. You, yeah, you nah. somebody pees on it, and it all yeah. goes everywhere. Yeah, crumbs in the bed's a good one. Vaseline on the phone's a good one. Why crumbs in the bed? Because when you lay on it, it's, there's crumbs all in your sheets, and you can't get them out. It's really annoying. What? 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 <laughs> why is that fun for anyone? When I was in college, I covered the phone in Vaseline <laughs> and then called called the room and uh <laughs> my roommate answered and you just heard you heard the phone come and you just heard him go, Motherfucker <laughs> and then the phone dropped. Uh-huh. That was very funny. All right, at least you got something out of it. Yeah, them. that was very funny. I like pranks. I like shit pranks the best. That would seem to be the worst type of prank. What are your other ones? I'd do way more with my own shit if I could get away with it. But in this in this climate, oh it's, it's not safe to do shit yeah, pranks. Well, this climate has some pros. <laughs> it means you're not throwing a turd at me as I walk in. <laughs> like a damn chimp. Uh, when I was a kid, I would... Uh... <laughs> when I... Oh, it's very funny to me. When I was a kid, I'd go in the bathroom, take a shit, wipe myself, and then come out with. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I can't get it out. With soiled toilet paper and chase my friend around the house with it. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's disgusting. I was you little. Be ashamed of yourself. Few things brought me that level of. Jo- if I could do it now, I'd do it. Man, it makes me laugh. Had you caught him, would you have wiped it on him? No. 
It was just fun to watch. I kind of, it was one of the only times like I ser- got. Like serial killer behavior. Like, <laughs> they would grow up to be a serial killer. I was just going to say, it's one of the only times I got, like, how Leatherface must have felt. Yeah. Like, chasing the people around. Yeah. You just see, you, I just saw fear in the, in the, in the boy's eyes well, as yeah. they chased him. As you should. But I never would have wiped it on him. I wouldn't have done that. That's nuts. That's All sick. Right. That's crazy. You All know? right. Yeah. Anyway, I hope our listeners enjoyed that whole segment. I do too. You know? um, Joe, let's let's kick <laughs> it over. Uh, let's hop in a time machine and take it back to nineteen twenty-two. A Um starring Tommy Jane, the Punisher, who I've liked in one movie, Boogie Nights. Um, he barely opens his mouth in this picture. To speak, Joe's left the mic. It's all me now. Um, but the plot of 1922 is basically Thomas Jane uh, wants to... An- and this book is in which of Stephen King's, the short story? It's in Night... I own it. I don't I- think it's in Nightmare. I've Nightmare read it. I know I've read it. It's a novella. I know that. And much. it's one of the more, the more oh, recent I think it's ones. in different seasons. I thought it was in one of the more recent books. Maybe it is. I don't know. Unless he has a couple about like a... I think, yeah, I think this was in the new one. But uh, basically, he wants her land, he wants her money, and he decides he has to enlist his son to help him in killing her. Well, because she wants to leave the farm life behind. Right. He says at the top of the movie, in 1922, a man has two things, his son and his land. Yes. Uh, And then you realize that he's kind of a cuckold man because the land is not his. Like... He's got all this pride and a man must own his land and everything. But then you realize, oh, he doesn't even own the, the land. Right. It was his wife's father's land and then she inherited it. And then he married her because clearly he, uh, you know, wasn't hitting that uh, achievement button as, as, as hard as he wanted to. Yeah. So the wife is saying, I'm going to I want to move to the city. I'm, gonna, I'm selling the farm. That's all there is to it. You can have half the money. Seems like a good goddamn deal to me. I don't know why he's so attached to this fucking land. No clue. Uh, the son wants. It was nineteen twenty-two, Joe. All a man had. Yeah. The son wants to stay with the dad, but but the mom's like, I'm going to take our son, and there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, and then he makes a plot to kill her. Now the interesting twist, or not twist really, but an interesting development is when he decides to kill her. You 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 think. This is horrible, obviously. Like, yeah. Jesus Christ. They do an interesting thing where after he decides he's going to kill her and convinces the kid, they go a good 15, 20 more minutes before it happens. And you see the wife acting horrifically yeah. to them. Not that that justifies her being killed, but it's just an interesting way to, to portray it because they, they kind of they pull you in a couple different directions. Uh, but they end up killing her, and it's a it's a very brutal scene. It's uh, yes, it's, it's it's it's. I mean, this movie, g- g- like from a gruesome standpoint, made uh, Gerald's game look like a fucking like Willy Wonka or something. Oh, I disagree. Oh, this was really gruesome. I thought I wasn't that bugged by anything. But uh, it's from Full Dark No Stars, which I I read. I re- at least read this story. It's like the first story in the book. 1922. Um, What's the book called? Full Dark, No Stars. It's a short story collection from 2010. Oh, okay. But there's a lot of rap material. 
Uh, much like Graveyard Shift, which I've never seen. I like the movie Graveyard Shift. I like the story a lot, too. The movie's okay. not great, but it's fun to watch. Okay. Um, I I like this. It had a good kind of tone to it, a good vibe to it. It was kind of like very dark and slow and depressing. Um, I was loving the music. Look, Actually looked up who did it, which I never do. Mike Patton of Faith No More. Yes, who you saw with me at the Wiltern. I did. Uh, Mike Patton does a lot of score. He did The Place Beyond the Pines. Great movie. Um, he's done a lot of scores. He's he's great. He, yeah. he did a really nice job with this one. He did a really, really nice job. Yeah, it was like he was playing a saw or something like that. It was a lot of that um, like sort of Hans Zimmerman like building. Zimmer. It's just Zimmer? Mm-hmm. It's uh, it it's a lot. Of, it was like a lot of that crescendoing, like single note that keeps building yeah. and growing, like that. You know, where you're just like, oh my god, like, yeah. You want to rip your hair out? Yeah, I dug it. Do you like the picture? I thought it was terrific. Yeah, I thought it was one of the better Stephen King adaptations ever. Uh, it got, of course, slammed. Uh, and people said it was terrible and it. It's too oh. dark and this and that, but I thought the performances were tremendous. I thought the the the, the mom was really fucking good, man. Yeah, she was great. That scene where she's like drunk and she's basically calling her kid like a pussy because he won't have sex with the girl yeah. that he likes. Like, right. That was very. She she was great in that scene. Um, the guy that plays the neighbor that looks like he has silver eyes. Uh, mm-hmm. He was in the Walking Tall remake. Played the bad guy in the Walking Tall remake. I always yeah. like to see that guy and stuff. Uh, enjoyed Thomas Jane thoroughly. Yes. Really dug like that no open in the mouth thing. Like I was like, how's he doing that, man? It was weird, but it was cool. almost like a ventriloquist. Yeah. Uh, the kid was great. Um, yeah. Excuse Especially me. when the kid like when she really dresses him down and the kid like looks really angry there for a minute. That was particularly effective shot and you know it's a simple story it's just a man it's it's very gerald's game in a way in the sense that it doesn't take place in a million settings there aren't a ton of characters and it is really a story about being haunted by your past yep and the decisions you've made and having visions that are clearly not happening right um but those visions are are quite creepy and 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 terrifying uh and uh I loved it. I thought the movie was great. I really, really thought it was well done. Um, and I hope that between that and Gerald's game, uh, and well, look, the success of it is going to... We're going to get them all again. All the ones we've already gotten, we're yeah. going to get them again. We're getting Pet Cemetery again. So I'm not happy that I didn't like it, but I am happy that it did well because it means it will further open that door for more Stephen King adaptations. And I think this is how it's going to go. I think Netflix and these uh, these streaming services are probably going to do the smaller ones, and they'll mm-hmm. they'll do bigger ones for the movies that probably won't be that great, but hopefully they are. I mean, I know they're remaking Pet Cemetery now. I, I can't that. imagine a world in which it scares me more than the original film did. No, but there's a ton of shit in that book that the original film doesn't get to, so maybe they're going to go in a different direction with it. I don't know, but. Uh, See, the problem is... I think we're going to get a Melissa McCarthy misery in five years. Think so? I can almost guarantee it. Really? Yeah. It'll be like McCarthy and Dick Jenkins, something like that. Dick Jenkins will be too old at that point. 
So I'm just I'm just throwing somebody out. Costner. Uh yeah, maybe a Costner. Speaking Costner's of, at the con level of his career right now. Speaking of which, well, Khan was, but Khan was pretty big. Not ninety. He was already on the on the outs. Khan's new movie is called Undercover Grandpa. Oh boy! <laughs> and I think it's a thing for kids. I don't know, but I was oh, like, it's a, "This is it's not a drama." It actually the here's the plot: when a when a guy's blind date goes missing, he enlists his retired like cia grandfather to help him find her and then it's his action comedy i'm like oh, no. it really doesn't sound that funny like <laughs> no. the woman missing you know but uh you know just the title alone you're like this this, this is sunny for christ's sakes but yeah. it's not dirty grandpa that's true and that movie that con's in i can't remember the name of it uh it was on netflix where he plays the neighbor uh, that the kids try to, they set up like a fake, they've set up all these devices in his house to make it look like his house is haunted. Digstown. Digstown, yes, I believe it was called Digstown. Uh, it was, uh, it was, it was, it, that was good. I like that. I enjoyed that. What was that called? Digstown. <laughs> You're right. Lou Gossett Jr. Yeah. plays the kid next door. I only like Khan really. Well, no, I've liked him in a few things. But like The Godfather, Honeymoon in Vegas, and then California Split back in the day. Or The Gambler, you know? Uh, you know, I never saw The Gambler. Other than that, I'm not a big fan. I like both versions of The Gambler. Even the Marky Mark, John Goodman one. Uh, You didn't have nice things to say about the Marky Mark one on this podcast. No, I th I liked it. I liked Goodman on it. I bet if we go back to the tapes, I liked it. Okay, all right. I didn't love, but it's a solid entertainment. I thought the movie was okay. Uh, I didn't think it was bad. I thought it was horrifically miscast with Mark Wahlberg as sure. a college professor. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, I, yeah we talked about that. Yeah, I so. like gambling movies. can i say what do you think about a uh, vegas vacation that is to me the most accurate sort of <laughs> gritty depiction of, of what gambling can really do to you right uh, i liked it it had a very that very funny war scene where they're playing war except now you can actually play war in all vegas casinos uh i remember not that long after it came out a guy i knew from philly saying that he went to a casino and saw that and he was like cuz i thought it it was like that fucking Chevy Chase movie. I was yeah. like, what the fuck, dude? They have it at every casino. <clears throat> yeah, it was. Uh, I like Vegas Vacation probably just as much as European. You know, I think. It's, you sound like an idiot right now. It goes <laughs> one, three, and then like two and four are both kind of shitty. No, it goes one, then two, then three. Stupid. Then four. That's stupid. You just said you Vegas Vacation. That starts. That starts. That starts. With an opening sequence of him driving his car Mr. Magoo style around the neighborhood. Right. Th that's on par with European vacation. I think Vegas is probably a skosh worse than European vacation. A skosh. A skosh. A skosh. I think about a skosh, yes. That's insane. I like the Papa Giorgio stuff. The only part that made me laugh in Vegas vacation is when he goes... Uh, is when uh, the guy, Toby Huss, yes. is doing the Sinatra like casino barker. Yeah, that's funny. And, he, and the kid walks up to him and he goes, You're a man on the town. 
That really makes me laugh. There's some like funny fringe shit in Vegas Vacation. But uh, look, European just always really let me down because one and three are two of my favorite comedies. Four, you're like, eh, they lost it. What order did you see them in? I would have seen them probably three, one, two. There's your problem. See, I saw them in the order they came out. Yeah. I saw the European Vacation as a sequel, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. And then the third one, I said, okay, here we go again. Yeah. I'll go for another ride here with the Here we snow Grizzles. again. I think that was the I think that was the tagline for it. Here we snow again. I really do. I don't think it was. <laughs> well, it was you'll have a great time was one of them because I had I had it on VHS. And then I think the back said the other. I really do. Here we snow again. Here we snow again. Oh but my uh Lord. Oh my lord. That's Larry Appleton's catchphrase. And also I have a plan. Has that become his catchphrase yet? I've not heard him say that repeatedly. Then there must be one season where he just starts saying it all the time. I mean, he says it here and there, but oh my lord is like once an episode he says it. No, definitely then in the later season he'll go, I have, and Balky goes, oh no. Yeah, no. They, a plan. They, they do that. They do that. Okay. But it's more like the idea of him having a plan yeah. is the thing, right. whereas oh my lord, like exact same inflection every t- oh my lord like okay. that's like his that's his don't be ridiculous or his uh got any cheese got any cheese is it urkel <laughs> is that urkel oh okay <laughs> but look <laughs> yeah i when i worked for cinematical aol's movie website i did they used to do like what now on the onion calls uh run the series and I used to do this, too. You, you would review all the movies in a, in a series or a franchise. And uh, I think I probably shook it out 1-3-2 Vegas. But I also had to watch Christmas Vacation 2, Uncle Eddie Hawaiian style. Cousin Eddie Hawaiian style. Why would you watch that? Because I had to watch all the movies in the series, as I established at the beginning of this. Oh, I didn't hear that part. But it was... A tr- you want to talk... You want to up your opinion of vegas vacation <laughs> holy shit there's like a curse they're on an island well, you know, i mean chevy chase isn't even in that one chase Bev isn't, in the, isn't in that one that's correct and where would you rank uh maybe our most discussed movie ever on this podcast <laughs> the remake of vacation i put vacate the remake way way above vegas vacation the remake is better than vegas Vacation. i think vegas vacation is a terrible terrible movie that has a few funny parts and maybe the most die it's the way i like like attack of the clones it's like i'm such a diehard star wars fan i find the stuff in it i like but i know that it can't compare to like the original movie i I remember being very depressed when i saw it when i was like 15 i was like oh fuck i finally can go see one in the theater and this is what i get however european is vastly overrated i was about 18 when when vegas came out yeah uh, and the, I knew then it, I, I, I said, it doesn't say national lampoons on the top of it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be different people. It's why the third naked gun isn't that good. It's no, because it's not. it's not the same guy. It's not the whole crew. It's one of the guys. And, you right. know, and anyway, folks, hot shots one and do is better than naked gun three. Yeah. I mean, look, I, there are days where I tell you that wrongfully accused might set above naked gun 33 that we've talked about this over many drinks. Yeah. No, yeah. Um, 1922 overall uh, yes 
Uh, go watch it. It's a solidly entertaining movie. If you got Netflix, you could do a lot worse. Uh, you're not going to feel good afterwards. No, but uh, watch it. But you're, you weren't going to feel good before it. That's a good point. If you feel good, I, I have nothing in common with you. I don't know what, what you're watching Folks, uh, in we'll terms keep, of society. <laughs> we'll keep the plug short. We'll say happy Thanksgiving. Bonus app drops next week along with the final episode for November. Thank you to our Patreon contributors. We can't thank you enough. It's been an overwhelming response. Uh, if you want to check out the Patreon page, maybe give a contribution. It is patreon.com slash W-S-Y-I-H-P-O-D. That's patreon.com slash W-S-Y-I-H-P-O-D. Uh, and I uh, am on uh, Instagram, Twitter, whatever it is, uh, Joe DeRosa Comedy. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at the Patrick Walsh. Watch for promos of my show, Living Biblically, which comes to CBS probably in the early new year. Thank you, folks. We'll see you next time, and we'll see you in hell. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>